Coming up this week on Beyond the Vibe, we have John Drake, lead vocalist of the Dust Coda. And I walked downstairs at the soundtrack and I thought, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Why are we doing this gig? <laughs> it's just like a basic drumbeat. And it's like, we just sat there for half an hour going, that's fucking great. This is the greatest rock and roll song ever. That's me opening the fridge. This is me pulling out a can of beer. I'd loved it, John, if you'd have walked away and you didn't have any trousers on. Yeah. You're just fucking Mark Knopfler thing, like. Yeah, very Knopfler. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Vibe, the show that cuts deep into the world of music. My name is Aaron Day, I'm lead guitarist in the UK band These Wicked Rivers. <coughs> and I'm here with the one, the only, it's the videographer, it's Mr Ryan Vasey. <laughs> How are we doing Mr Vasey? Oh, we're doing good. I've got a new setup. Ah, For those see, yeah. that have uh, got the eagle eye on them, they'll notice my hand is lingering down here. <laughs> Um, that is because I have a desk for live live editing, which means that um, I no longer have to spend hours and hours <laughs> editing every single it's week. It's very unnerving for me because I feel like I can control your fingers. Because if I if I talk, then you have to you have to kind of flick to my camera, don't you? Yes, I'm currently on you now. Oh, you? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. You know, what it, if I wanted to talk now? <laughs> <laughs> We're here now, as if by magic. Fantastic! I now control Mr. Vasey's yep. mind. Well, we we could we could end up going down a black hole with this, but mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, going into this week's uh, topic, yes. we we were talking about uh, albums that were coming out this year because, of course, we got uh, Dust Coda, um, the interview with uh, John. Yeah, can't uh, wait for that album in a bit. Yeah, and um, you know, really, really solid album. Um, we were fortunate enough to to listen to it. So um, that was quite exciting. Mojo Skyline. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was blown away by it, man. Like, I don't want to obviously talk too much about it because I think for those that wait till that wait until the 26th of March when it does come out, we'll get the joy. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah there was a lot of like our particular interest around it with like a lot of that road star from that first wave of classic rock. Felt like that vibe was there. Um, a lot of like Guns N' Roses influence in there and, and John's voice in particular fucking soars. Like it, the album's mixed brilliantly and I think it'll hopefully do well for them. But it got us thinking about albums that are coming out, didn't it? Yes, you know, we, we thought, right, we thought, you know, this is a solid topic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be able to find loads of options to discuss for this week. Yes, and then, then we had a look and we were like, hmm, this isn't so easy. Because like, you know, um... A lot of bands, like well, known bands at least, have, um, have already released their album. Well, I think it's difficult because <laughs> obviously already at this point we've had Foo Fighters yeah. um, and Glorious. Like was, I mean, was was chatting about it off air, but obviously I've been listening to Pretty Reckless's new album. Um, yeah. Rick, Rick Bianto, for anyone watches his YouTube videos, did like a run through of the the top ten rock songs, and Pretty Reckless were top of the the American chart. Um, so that pointed me to listen to the album. You know, it's a great album. But yeah, most of them have already come out, and I think a lot of bands, similar to maybe the film industry, are, are kind of maybe holding back and taking this time if they did have an album to work on it even more whereas I think Duskoda have actually done like they've actually been smart by wanting to release it because there's less competition maybe and there'll be more people that can listen to how great it is yeah I think I think it's um, 
you know it could potentially highlight the album much more mm. um, you know there's it, it might get that that air time that I think it deserves yeah I agree um, you know me, me personally I really rate this album I think it's a great album I was quite surprised you know I thought it'd be a solid album but it, it, it came in above my expectations mm. and um yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing what you know the public's response will be when it does come yeah, out. Yeah, me too, man. I mean, in terms of, I think Alice Cooper's got an album coming out at some point this year. I think it, I think it's with his original lineup from the Alice Cooper band. Mm. That'd be interesting. I mean, his last uh, solo album, um, well, the last one I, I bought, which would have been Welcome to My Nightmare, which would have been Welcome as in the number two my nightmare because obviously he did the the first run of it yeah, uh, yeah. back in the 70s and it was an alright album it was good I mean Alice does this thing I mean where he surrounds himself with great musicians and he's done it for many years and then they will obviously contribute to the solo albums but I like the idea of him going back to them original roots and hopefully kind of having that bit of nostalgia around that you know because mm. he's, he's getting he's getting on now Alice you know so he's, he, he might be he's running out of albums he can put out so to hop back <laughs> to that time would be would be a good a good way of remembering Remembering, you know, and yeah, I think I think um, you know it'd be interesting. It might be like a full circle kind of thing, yeah, yeah. like going back to your roots. But um, yeah, it's uh, it might be a bit of a sparse year for albums. Yeah, who knows? But who else um, we got? Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've really been struggling. We've, got, um, we've, we've been got, we've got the the constant conversation topic. We've got Greta Van Fleet. Oh yes, yes. yes I completely forgot about <laughs> Greta Van Fleet. Which is yeah, probably yeah. a good example of Ryan's opinion on the upcoming. Well, Greta Van Fleet. Album. I think you know it, it's one of them things. Like I I want them to do well, mm. and I really you know I've I've been rooting for them since kind of day one, really. But um, the the new single they brought out is not really to my taste personally. Mm. I know other people are vibing on it. Um, but then of course they've just released uh, the music video for that like days after they've just released an audio only thing it's a bit of a strange thing mm. going on there with that but um, yeah you know I'm, I'm still looking forward to the album I'm going to see what it's like be interesting um, yeah interesting. this this is it you know it's, it, it is, it's going to be interesting like in what direction they're going to go in because mm. I think they're at a bit of a crossroads and I think that uh, the new single Heat Above is kind of showing that they're trying to move in a slightly different direction mm. um, whether people like that or not time will tell it's one of those um, one of those interesting things yes but again for them if, if, if the album takes off and does well but I personally I think I'll really enjoy it but I don't think it'll be a commercial success just because mm. of the fact I think it's a far cry away from a lot of the things that originally gave them that success which I think they need at that point in their career mm. um, they need to hark away from some of them initial things you know the elephants in the room that I kind of almost don't want to bring up you know for the thousandth time as it is in every comment <laughs> on every Greta Van Fleet post but I hope they do well and I'm looking forward to it man it'd be good yeah yeah I think you know I think they'll um they'll at least have a degree of success because they, they've got an inbuilt fan base That's at this it, point yeah. you know there's people that will um I think thoroughly enjoy it but you know moving on um of course we interviewed uh John Drake uh literally a few hours ago so um over to John now where we'll talk about Mojo Skyline and Duskoda and all those wonderful things so in this week's show we're discussing our most exciting albums to look forward to in 2021 aren't we right yes and we're here with John from Man with the Duskoda thanks for chatting to us John appreciate your time man hey guys <laughs> how you doing <laughs> we're all good, good we? yeah, we're yeah, solid, we're doing man. good 
Um, so, like, before we jump into the kind of all things Dust Coder and the upcoming album, um, where did it all, like, start for you as a singer, John? <clears throat> well, interestingly, it started in two parts. When I was 15, I was playing guitar. I mean, I've been playing guitar since I was 10, but I was playing guitar. I had a band in school, and they told me I couldn't sing. And um, the guys in my band, and I said, uh, well, that's fucking ridiculous. And um, and I, I couldn't sing, <laughs> and so I didn't. And then fast forward five five years later, I was, I, believe it or not, I was I was well into Radiohead's 1997 album, OK Computer, and I kind of started singing because of Radiohead and Jeff Buckley, not all the rock and roll that I loved making. Right. And uh, and I mean, and I just decided one day I was in this band and I was the guitar player, and then they had the singer who sucked, and I just said, I've got to be the singer. It's my band. I formed it, and they said no, and I said, well, I'll see, I'll see you in three weeks. And uh, I, I one night I went out and dropped ass and went and saw Radiohead. And I just walked out of the gig and realized that I had to be a singer. And um, I haven't really stopped since then. See, that's crazy. Cause I mean, I had, I had a thing when I was, when I was around similar age where I actually sang first and then my balls dropped and then I realized this ain't gonna happen anymore. <laughs> and I had to kind of fix, fix up and fucking get really into playing guitar in order to have like, you know, some sort of a career. And so it's mad, yeah. you, right, we'll talk about it more as, as we get into the questions and look, look at the new album, but like your fucking, your voice is really strong on the album. So the, the, the fact that it's kind of, you had almost like a second wave where it was like, this is who I'm meant to be. You know, this is how I'm meant to project myself is, is really interesting. Cause for, from listening to it, you'd think that that was just there for you from the start mm. not really mate I mean like I mean music was always there I, you know I, I was music was always there for me always but I think I didn't really see myself as a singer singer for a long time uh, probably not until my late uh, even my late like 20s you know, I, I knew I could sing songs and write songs and stuff and I'd gig and whatever and I was in bands and whatever, but it wasn't really till I formed the Dust Coder with Adam that I was like making the music that enabled me to be the singer that I wanted to be. Right. And I, I wasn't, I, not something I thought about. I didn't think, oh, one day I'll find that music that makes me the singer I want to be. It wasn't <laughs> like that. It was like, I met Adam and we both went, fuck, let's make some rock and roll. And all of a sudden it just, he had these riffs and I just started singing to them or whatever. Next thing you know, it's like, ah, oh, this is great. I really want to sing over this. And yeah, it just happened. Oh, that's cool, man. With that in mind, so I mean, your first release with Dust Coda was in 2016 with the free track EP slash single, The More It Fades. But I mean, you chatted about it a little bit. When were the initial foundations of the band formed? Like, how did you guys meet? So we had, I, okay, so I, I'd been gigging around London for a long time uh, as a solo artist. I'd been in a few bands, but um, I, you know, I, I met Adam kind of on, on the scene, <laughs> uh, you know, like, of which this is bullshit because there's no scene in London. Everyone just does what, everyone just does, they're out for themselves. <laughs> you know, um, there's no fucking scene. Um, but, um, so I met Adam, I think, uh, I think I met him either an audition. He was auditioning for a friend of mine's band as as, a, as like a deck guitar player. He was just out. It was a hired gun. He he you know done a lot of session work, and I think I needed a guitar player to do some solo stuff with me. And I think I I had a solo band, but that kind of fell apart. 
and him and I did maybe a gig or something together, him playing guitar kind of on my solo thing, but it was very different to what the Dust Coder is. And then he kind of said to me, look, do you want to form a rock and roll band? And I said, uh, yes. Um, and, and I can I can clearly remember, uh, we went for a drink at this pub in Brixton, which is around the corner from where he lived in London. And we, we sat at the bar and he bought a whiskey and he bought a beer and he said, listen, do you want to make some rock and roll? And I said, absolutely. Cause we talked about what we're into and all our, all our music, our tastes were all the same, you know, everything from all the classic stuff to the future, you know? And so, and we just started writing songs, you know, this was, this, this is nearly 10 years ago. Mm. Like it's like nearly 10 years ago. And we started writing songs together and we were like, look, let's not get a band together until we're, really happy with the songs and we're really happy with what we're trying to do and mate i swear to god it was like probably a good year to start off with just me going around his place having a drink having a smoke and recording shit on garage band and 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 listening and you know at the end of a, at the end of a night sitting back and listening to the fake drums going that fuck that sounds great (laughs) we don't need a band yeah like 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 i don't i don't know if you've heard a song of ours called down in the valley but um it's off our first album but um there's it's just like a basic drum beat and it's like we just sat there for half an hour going and i was just like that's fucking great this is the greatest rock and roll song ever obviously because i was just like bitch and riff cool vocals shitty garage band drum machine i mean this is going to be the best thing in the world <laughs> <laughs> little did i know like fucking five years later we'd still be just like deep playing to five people in london <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> yeah um, I hope that answers your question. No, that's <laughs> good answer, man. Now, like we've been pondering um, with this one, like uh, bands' names are always a, a difficult choice, and obviously you want to make that kind of the best reflection of who you are. So, like, what's the story of you guys kind of arriving at the name, the Dust Coda? It's a bit of a different. Well, one. so when we started writing the songs and we, we were at the pro- point of like saying let's play some shows we had a lineup together not the lineup that is today um i had a few lineups before even the first album we went through different names as you do when you got a band and but we i kind of i came up with the name because i it was i wanted something that was like symbolic and iconic and cool and I thought, okay, well, what is what is what does our music symbolise? And when I think of like you know rock and roll, classic rock and roll, or modern rock and roll that looks back to the past, uh, I think of like fucking badass dusty highways, right, and shit like that. You know, like dust and you know <laughs> highways and like that Johnny, like that Johnny Depp advert, isn't it? That was the immediate the immediate thing that came to my mind. I just put dust in highways, digging like, up some holes, putting some jewelry in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I rate Johnny Depp, but I always thought with that ad, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, what's going on? on? What's he doing? He's pissing about with a shovel. That's yeah. my standard Sunday night, you know. The missus is like, where's Aaron gone? He's fucked off down a, down a dust. digging highway. a hole again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was that part. And then, well, Coda, as you guys probably know or may not know, is, is a musical term, C-O-D-A, is a musical term referencing essentially the the 
and the start of a piece of music is reprised at the end. It's like a coda. And I was like, well, what are we doing as a band? We're taking all the classic shit that we love from the last 40 years of rock and roll or music in general, really, pop, you know, popular guitar-based music, and we're kind of bringing it into the future. And I was like, well, that's a dust coda, man. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's it. That's the name of the band. I like that, man. I always love it when you ask people the, the origins of the band name and they actually can give you a really cool, like, mm. that actually makes sense and comes to a class. Because our band name is Bollocks. Whenever Artwell gets asked about it, he always gives a shit reason, whereas, like, with yourselves and Shape of Water, <laughs> like, you, I love the fact that you kind of come to this real kind of, like, point where you feel like it's the best representation. So, that's no, cool. It works. Oh, I like it. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, thank you. So, I mean, we chatted about sort of how much of a big impact the, the garage band drums had in the origins <laughs> of, of Dust Coda and, and kind of how that, that evolved to then your, your first album. I mean, if you look at that first release and, and Mojo Skyline, do, uh, do you feel the sound of the band has evolved to where you're at now? Uh, I feel like in some ways it's evolved because we've just... We've taken more risks, you know, we've... Um, We've just allowed the the nature of the songwriting to expand a bit. There's a lot. There's a lot more. I don't know. A bit more. A bit more. Kind of seventies East Coast, East East and West Coast American mel- melodies coming in, um, which wasn't on the first record. It's still us though. It's like we haven't gone. Oh right, we're going to make a massive departure. It's just like well, it was. I mean, some of the songs we wrote before the first album, you know? Uh, so it wasn't a premeditated thing. I think we just, I, we just kind of expanded our palette a little bit as far as what we did in the, in the rehearsal room in the writing sessions and, and just went, you know, let's just keep being what we are. The main thing we always focus on is regardless of, uh, whatever the song is, it's got to, and Adam always says this, it's got to be honest. Like we've got to mean it, right? You know, we've all got to mean it, especially him and I in the writing stage. We have to, we have to, have to, have to play it together and just be like, I actually believe what I'm saying here. And, um, and if we don't, then we, it doesn't make the grade. But the, 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 the difference this time, I think is we made this record with the same producer. We made the last record and when you do that, or when we did that, you've got this relationship and this comfortability where we trusted him because we knew we'd made another, we knew we'd made a great record already. So, you know, the process is kind of there and that gives you a lot more freedom just to say, fuck it. You know, I'll, I'll try playing that fucking flute in the stairwell. I never did that, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a song title as well. That flute in the yeah. stairwell. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we got that vibe, didn't we? And yes, the, it was just it was you guys, but just on another level that you'd just gone up that mm. that next step. And I think that's what a lot of bands can learn from. Like you say, that dynamic that you did for the first album, you felt worked. So it's, if you yeah. Ever, you can just improve on that. Where I think a lot of bands, they'll 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 go to different ways of doing things, or different guys, or or try different things. And the only problem with that is if you go too far, you're just starting the whole process again. So every album, you can end up starting it all again and learning new things. Whereas if you just keep what you know works and then develop that and allow that to grow, I think it's a lot more of a, a natural narrative um, in terms of like the band's albums. And you can definitely feel that with the album. Oh, that's good. I mean. 
you're right though because some bands go all right well let's try and go in this direction and this direction and i mean unless unless you really are like one of those truly fully formed artists like say david bowie who literally with complete conviction could just go in this direction mm-hmm. and make a soul record and then come back and go and do this it, it's very hard you can make an idiot of yourself <laughs> 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 I probably would. <laughs> um, so obviously we've we've talked about it a little bit, but the the self titled album like uh, that debut album firmly kind of rooted you guys at the forefront of the new wave of classic rock, and um, we we spoke to Baz from Massive Wagons a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And um, of course an earache roster companion, yeah. Um, about how that kind of movement helped give those guys a platform and and um and new bands such as yourself um how significant do you think um this whole new wave of classic rock has been in like helping you guys um get signed with earache and kind of moving up the up the levels i think incredibly significant um i i think in the sense that it made us realize that there's people still love rock and roll music, mm. you know, and that whole scene. And actually, I know I said before, there's no fucking scene <laughs> in no London, scene. <laughs> but, but in this instance, there is a scene and that whole scene really, I really connected with it and, and just went. And when I mean, when I say connected with it, I mean, like I personally went, do you know what these, all these people they get it like they actually get it they get what rock and roll is about and they fucking love it and you know some of them like some of them might be into more like inglorious or some of them more like the you know dax and roxanne or you know like or the crows or whatever like which are all very different bands mm. but um they just kind of get it and, they, and when they love it they support it and that to me was a huge thing because that 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 scene you know Coming, being bank, being a band based in London, you know, there isn't. No one really goes and sees rock and roll in London, and they say go and see it. Ironically, and it's like hipster rock and roll, like really, really hip rock. And you're like, it's not even rock music. It's like, mm. yeah. But um, I've got a story to tell you about that. Actually, hipster. We can do that later, though. But um, yeah, but um, go into that. Full back pocket. Here. <laughs> but um. Uh, it's kind of funny. I, 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 sh- I should tell you if we got time, maybe in a, maybe in a second. But like, yeah, um, but but um, yeah. But and you know, new wave classic rock. I just, I after years of playing in London and like us occasionally traveling out of London, then then suddenly turning up to gigs and then having like thirty people line up after a show and buy dust coated t shirts and CDs and be like, "You guys are fucking amazing! I love your album. You guys are incredible!" And just be like really? And they'll be like, yeah. And you'll be like, I mean, I know it's good, but like, that's fucking great. Thank you. And cause you just, you know, that London's like, everyone's mm. sitting there. Oh my that's God. Proud. I fucking heard this before, you know? And like, so I, I thought, I think it's been instrumental and it, it gave us a lot of confidence in the idea that the world is filled with rock and roll fans and they're a great bunch of people. The guys who formed at Richard and Co. They're really great guys too. So yeah, I hope that that was a very long-winded answer. But yes, I big love to the whole crew there and everyone who supports that. Huge cool. thing. 
What, what, what's this story about? Come on, you, is it? You baited it. <laughs> well, well, so it, it, we it, it was more just my point about um, <laughs> about London and and rock and roll, and so we got gig. We got booked this gig in Dalston, in London, and um, and it's and then Dalston's very, very super hip kind of part of London, and or it is now anyway. It's and. Uh, and we got get booked this gig, and it was a gig with some fucking synth band and some other band, and it was they're all super hipsters, right? Right. And and I walked downstairs at the soundtrack, and I thought, oh for fuck's sake, <laughs> why are we doing this gig? Like, <laughs> all these people with fucking haircuts that look like I just don't even understand. Like a lot, lot, lot of perms, a lot of perms. I I just. Like I just couldn't understand it. Like I, I'm, I'm all for people experimenting with fashion, but you know, you just you can't even work out what it is. It's like <laughs> I it's imagine like you ironed your your hair ima- and wore all over. Uh, yeah, I imagine you fit it in beautifully in that environment. Ah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. I mean, a guy's wearing the same fucking black jeans and jacket for thirty years. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so. So I walk in thinking, this is a fucking shit show. Why are we doing this gig? What a load of crap. Fucking hate this town. Urgh. Anyway, it gets to like it gets to like 10 at night and we're on and like, oh, you know, so much. And by this time, I'm fucking hammered. I'm like, I'm just going to get drunk. <laughs> and anyway, and there's all these fucking full-on hipsters there. And they're all, they're all nice people. I'm not like, you know, bagging them out. But, but I was just, you know, my own, probably my own defences being like, oh, everyone hates this, you know. And we started playing. And next thing you know, all these fucking hipsters start coming up to the front and dancing. And I'm thinking, wow. are you guys taking the piss out of me? Are you doing your hipster magic? Is this like watching Eurovision, ironically? Or like, you know, like... And then it suddenly dawned on me. All these fuckers had never seen a real rock and roll band up close. Mm. They'd never seen it before. Like, I could tell they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, dancing. I'm like, you guys just don't get out much, do you? Like, you don't <laughs> see, you, like, you know, you don't see a fucking just a Marshall stack and a fucking, you know, just a big fat drum kit. And I was just like, I was kind of blown away. I was like, that is why rock and roll will never die because everybody really deep down inside can't help but love rock and roll when it's good. And it gave me a bit of faith. That's an awesome story, man. I think that. I love it. Yeah. We fucking, you know, this is the You're thing. not saying that ironically, are you? Yeah. No. <laughs> I, know I've got, I know I've got a twat at on, but I'm yeah. not, it's not a crossover, I promise. <laughs> Guys, do you mind if I quickly uh, refresh my old beer? Oh, go for it, man. Take your time, man. I'll be, I'll be 10 seconds. No worries. I, I can still talk, though, because I've got my old... Oh, yes. In. That's weird, isn't it? It's so uh, that's, me, that's me opening the fridge. This is me pulling out a can of beer. I'm still here. I'd loved it, John, if you'd have walked away and you didn't have any trousers on. Yeah. you just fucking completely chilled about it when you're not about like, Straight in the preview. Oh, yeah, that, that would have been great. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, that would have been... Um, 
interesting, but no, that's not what's happening, is it, guys? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean about London, though. I mean, obviously, me and the boys in Rivers have been down there a few times, and it's 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 a weird one because I think before you get into bands, you kind of you kind of think, oh, it's London, mm-hmm. it's London, you know. Like we've had bands that have come over, like maybe Dax and Roxanne, and we spoke to Shape of War, and I think because of London with the with Hendrix and and the Beatles, you know, I think people think of UK as being that hub for rock and roll, and London being the core of it. But it's I think it's more than more the Midlands, and like particularly like like I always get a really good vibe, particularly around that new wave classic rock community from Wolves and Birmingham. You know, cause yeah. I think people just come out and support bands that little bit more, and obviously there's a, maybe a bit less competition. I agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, fuck Birmingham is just yeah, they fucking love it there. Yeah, they just great. love it. They just love it. And look, I. I it's not like I don't like playing shows in London because we've had some great shows in London too over the years. But I think maybe just when we're starting out trying to get this thing off the ground, that was very difficult, mm. you know. Yeah, I can imagine, man. So going back to the to the new album and with Earache, so how did that all come about? Did you, did you write the album before you approached Earache? Did you approach them with the album because you had that much faith in it? Um, we Well, they approached us. So... Um, we uh, we made the album, um, and we were like, you know, okay, we've got to shop it. And I think it had been shopped around by our manager, and then things were a bit quiet. Um, I don't think anyone really took to it, to be honest. Um, no one was that bothered, and I was like, who are these fucking people? Yeah. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> as anyone says when they make their own music. <laughs> you know? um, but uh, and, but then we, we got on the Ear 8 compilation that they did, the, the um, compilation they did with uh, New Earth Crossfit Rock, and, and it, was the, it was the last gig, uh, I think it was the last gig we did before lockdown. You know, Boris was th- talking about, you know, sending everyone into lockdown, um, and we had the, the launch night. Of the um of the of the earache compilation, and we we're on it. And there's you know all sorts of bands were there all that night. Jack J was there, um, stacks of others, and we were on quite early. And we just went out and did what we do. It's a Tuesday night, you know, get drunk and play some rock and roll, really. And um, <clears throat> and then afterwards, I was quite drunk, and I think I was, I think I was. I think I might have been chasing some girl or something. I don't know what I was doing, but I was I was at the bar and I was really drunk. And then Lewis, the label manager from Earache, came up and said, introduce himself, and he's a nice chap. And we started chatting and and then he and he got Digby over from Earache. And um and, and, and we started chatting and it was, you know, they were they were really into what we were doing and and um and you know, he was like, Why weren't you headlining? I said, I don't know, mate, it's your gig. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact just to interject John like the fucking like for most fans like when Earache come over you know there's like oh fuck I've got to be on but I have this image of you lent against the bar <laughs> like not really sure who they are like looking at this bird behind them like and then it's like oh, I, don't know. I mean it's your fucking gig yeah I mean really I should be I should be having to go at you if anything <laughs> I don't think I was like like saying that as as, as you know as, as loudly as I probably point out but I, he did say he did say to us and he said look 
you know, what's been happening. We had a bit of a chat and then he said, well, what, what, what's going on? Have you got a new album? I said, yeah, we've got a new album. It's finished. And he's like, oh, really? <laughs> and I was drunk. And he said, <laughs> well, what's, he said, what's it like? And I said, Digby, it's a modern classic. <laughs> <laughs> Big in It's a good job you rammed, you know, because I bet they'd be like, God, this, this guy's hot shit, man. Like, I mean, he's fucking, this album's going to be amazing. I mean, I'm thinking, like, thank God the album was good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, I mean, the, it was just that kind of conversation because, you know, he, he's a cool guy and, and Lewis is a lovely bloke. And, you know, we were just having we were just having drinks and talking about rock and roll and music. And, mm. you know, I was, you know, it wasn't like some big thing. I just kind of was like, he said, what's, what it's like? And I said, well, I'm going to tell you. And, and <laughs> <laughs> two weeks later, they're like t- talking to us. And, you know, we're getting, in, you know, just starting to have discussions with them. And um, what was cool, though, was that I grew up in Brisbane in Australia. And <clears throat> I used to read a magazine called Metal Hammer. Mm-hmm. And... And um, earache, you'd, you'd see them every second in Metal Hammer. And, you know, whether it be Deicide or Carcass and Pungent Stench and all that whole crew of bands from there, which are just totally fucking disturbing bands. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant names in there. Oh, and, but but um, I... Uh, I, I used to remember all those. I used to always remember the earaches. So I said to Diva, I said, man, it's, it's kind of cool to be doing this kind of showcase thing because as a kid, you know, reading magazines about this label in the UK and it's kind of cool to be doing it now. And then obviously we got signed to them, which is even cooler. So it's great. It's great to be on a, a label like that. It's wonderful. Mm. That's cool. Um, so your next single that's coming out next week is, of course, uh, Jimmy Two Times. Um, I heard the story a couple of um, like days ago when you released that little video. Um, but for like yeah. those that don't know, um, could you tell us a bit about the origins of that song and like how it came about? And mm. Story. Well, I mean, it. it <clears throat> I wrote it a long time ago, um, like years and years and years ago, uh, when Adam and I was just starting the band. And we're demoing stuff together. And I think I demoed it on my own. Um, it's ba- I lifted it basically from the, the uh, well, the, the, there's a classic Martin Scorsese film, Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's, uh, and, uh, and most people are familiar with that, but there's a scene where, you know, Ray Liotta's, um, uh, well, you know, narrating through the, the restaurant and everything. And, and then he starts talking about all these characters and he's like, and then they would give me two times. And he starts talking about Jimmy two times. You know, he said, he, every time he said something, he said it twice. I'm going to get the paper, get the paper. And I just thought that was like, I thought that was the funniest fucking scene. I just loved it. And so I just sort of, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write a song about it. And I just wrote this song about this kind of, this character called Jimmy Two Times, this gangster kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, so it just stuck with me. And, and, and you know, I, I, the inspiration behind it is a bit like I, when I wrote it, I wrote it on acoustic guitar. Mm. And it was kind of like supposed to be like a like a Mark Knopfler thing, like... Yeah, very Knopfler. You know, I mean, just like Dire Straits' first album. Mm. And um, oh, that's the good thing about having guitars on your wall. 
Um, <laughs> and so I, I, uh, I, 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 I actually envisage it being like kind of like that, but then obviously you take it to Dust Coda and Mac is like, nah, fuck that. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. no, that's cool man I think the biggest the biggest thing was your accent then as well Fucking you nailed the accent when you did the Goodfellas thing yeah oh thanks killer man well I've spent I've spent a lot of time watching uh, gangster films <laughs> yes got to I'm glad I'm glad you've brought it into the album it feels it feels like the right thing to do mm. yeah uh, one of the first songs that jumped out to us on the record when we had a listen was Dream of Light, uh, like echoes of Guns N' Roses, like, and we were particularly blown away by, by your vocals on it, man. Uh, I think the singles show the more grittier side of your voice, but it was cool to hear like, that higher range and the fucking power. Like, it was really cool. Like, not only the band, but do you feel for yourself that, like, vocally you've you've pushed yourself to that, that next level with the album? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I've, I've, um... <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, the, the I, I really, whenever I make a record, I really fuck myself up physically <laughs> from doing it because it's very, you know, because we don't obviously have massive budgets to make these albums. So we don't get a lot of time. And so when you make an album, you, you're doing all the lead vocals and doing all the backing vocals. And, you know, sometimes you're standing at the bloody mic stand for fucking six hours. And um, <clears throat> so you push yourself physically. Um it's like I'm Michael Jordan or something. <laughs> you know, I've got images of slam dunk. Don't quote that. You know? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, just obviously I'm joking. Um, but, uh, but like, but so yeah, I, I kind of, um, I really pushed myself on this album. And what the hard, the hard part about this stuff is, is that to, to make sure you consistently do it live. You know, um, because that's the real challenge. You know, uh, I mean, making you know, ma- making it in the studio is very difficult as well. You have to really work up to it, and I had to do a lot of practice and make sure I could really get there. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I'm really focused now um, on vocals, on, on working at them and working out the strength because I know once we get back out there again. <clears throat> You know, we've got to perform the bloody thing, and it's hard. You know, some some difficult fucking tracks. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I could be like this Lou Reed guy, like, yeah, yeah. Oh my baby, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not crazy. You just make me feel alive. Or like Bob Dylan, just, just, like Going I, into I Bob swear to God, man. If I was like Lou Reed or Bob Dylan, I would get fucked up all the time because you just don't have to try that hard like, <laughs> okay it's just like can you imagine like singing like what is it like jimmy two-time jimmy two-time don't think twice you know just be like so easy yeah but it, you know you gotta sing this shit right but yeah sorry am i answering the question very well no, no you, right, perfect. <laughs> this is a question i've been trying to ask like most of our guests of late john because i think it's always interesting to see who the person is beyond the stage i mean what do you do personally away from the band um you mean like as in just have no- nothing to do with the band what do i actually do as a person yeah mm. if you're happy to share that yeah yeah uh, so well Obviously in lockdown, not as much as I used to do, but um, I really like uh, drinking. Um, 
<laughs> is that where it ends? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm elaborating. I'm, I so I um no I I, I I I in my spare time I like to, I like to do a bit of boxing. Um, not like you know anything hardcore. You know, I box at a boxing gym. That's kind of my kind of. A little hobby that I have is more a fitness scene than anything else. You know, I think it's been great <clears throat> doing that um, when we could uh, before the, you know, we got locked down for the third mm-hmm. time. Uh, I've got a boxing bag at my flat, so I just box, you know. Oh, there it is. Yeah. 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 But um, so I, I like boxing. Um, I like um, knitting. No, I don't like knitting. Um, <laughs> Drinking boxing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Perfect combo. I'm a big film buff. I love I love cinema, you know. I love um, you know I can watch the same fucking film twenty times, you know. So I love I love a lot of American uh, cinema from the seventies, uh, eighties, nineties. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, exploring a director's works, and you know, like tip guys, <clears throat> one of my if you want to find a great director, believe it or not. Ben Affleck. Mm, all right. If you look at the films that Ben Affleck has directed, they are fucking brilliant. Gone Baby Gone, Town, The Town, sorry, Live By Night. Um, I know whatever you think about him as an actor or a celebrity, he's an incredible director. No, I appreciate but that. Yeah. Man. But did mm. he do Argo? Because I know he was involved in yeah. Argo. Yeah. Yeah. I love that yeah. film. I think that's a fucking great film. The Town is great. Yeah, well, right. yeah. yeah exactly. Every Everything he directs has got this mm. kind of feel to it that is very Ben Affleck's directing style, which is fucking cool. You know, yeah. so, yeah. yeah it's oh. cool to have I'm a, that's So cool. that's kind of what I do. Uh, I mean, what else do I do? <laughs> to be honest, that's I, I spend a lot of time... You know, making music. You know, mm, uh, cool man. That's cool. If that's your main, if that's your main thing. Complete and utter respect for that. You know, and the other stuff's just you know, second secondary and part of another another layer. You know, mm. complete respect for that. Oh, that's cool. Um, going back to kind of music things, as a guitarist and uh, and a frontman, um, I'm sure it can be difficult sometimes to kind of uh, define your identity and um, like compared to just like focusing on your voice and stage presence. Like, were, were there any like particular inspirations for you as like a guitarist or a frontman when it came to performing and like building your own identity? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Kermit the Frog. Uh, no. Um, uh, uh, sorry, Bruce Springsteen. Cool. Um, early Bruce Springsteen. Um, James Hetfield. Um, you know, I, I believe it or not, I think James Hetfield and Bruce Springsteen are very similar. They are, they're killer rhythm men, you know, like uh, Springsteen's a killer rhythm guitar player. And he's, his lead playing is incredible too. If you want to hear a great fucking guitar solo by Bruce Springsteen, you go back to his 1976 album, Darkness on the Edge of Town. There's a song called Adam Raised a Cane. And he plays this killer solo on, on a, uh, a Telecaster. And it's clean as fuck and it's just killer. And so, so guitar players like that, um, <clears throat> uh, like obviously Axl Rose is a... F- you know, as like a singer, not so much as a frontman because I'm yeah. not that kind of performer. 
Mm. Chris Cornell is a huge influence. Um, mm. I think as obviously his, his singing, obviously has influenced me to a certain extent, but um, uh, as a frontman, I feel a bit more as I'm getting older, more in line with that kind of frontman as in, you know, my focus is on the singing and just playing and not necessarily being like, you know, out there. It's, it's more like, you know, the rest of the band can do the, do the fucking, you know, the circus act. I can just focus on being a singer because, you know, to play guitar and sing like, mm. you know, the way I sing is quite, yeah. yeah, it's difficult. And I'd prefer to make sure the singing is really good as opposed to my ass is shaking at the right moments. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, what else? I think I think the Springsteen Hetfield. I'm not trying to do a robot dance. Um, and and maybe like uh, yeah, Springsteen Hetfield, Chris Cornell kind of thing. That's kind of my the archetypal kind of frontmans that I dig. Um, who's a dude from um, oh, fuck Clearance Clearwater, John Fogerty. Oh, great! Mm. He's a, yeah, you know, favorite, he, favorite he, he's rock man. Oh, I Amazing. mean, just unfucking believable, man. Like his voice is just wild, you know. Um, Jeff Buckley, I think Tom York's a great frontman, even though he's not a performer. Someone once said to me, actually, <coughs> there's two kinds of frontman. There's the introverted frontman, where it's very much they're introvert, but they express. And then there's the other frontman, who's the extroverted frontman, who's just like reaching out to the crowd to kind of, you know, like connect despite me being a pretty extroverted person i think on stage i tend to be more introverted and focused mm. that's interesting yeah that's cool i think it's i really like that amalgamation of hetfield and springsteen i think that's a really strong projection of of who you are and i think it gives i think i agree completely i think people don't give hetfield the the respect he deserves as a player he holds the whole thing together man oh, particularly when you're as loose as my ass you know it's, <laughs> it's good to have, to have hetfield just there solidly and like as a songwriter man there's a lovely bit in when they're writing the black album and he talks about how his inspirations fill Linnet and that kind of poet sort of person you know and i think hetfield's got these layers to him that people don't really respect so i like the fact you've kind of given him that nod oh man i think hetfield could destroy most guitarists that people rate as great guitarists i think he uh, he is i mean he's like the most incredible rhythm guitar player you know like try playing blackened right just try and play blackened or try any of the early metallic riffs and you're just like they're very difficult to nail properly and then sing over the top of them yeah and sing well and perform and like he is a fucking master and that which is why he's the biggest frontman that in heavy metal ever <laughs> you know so that makes sense <laughs> and you're right <laughs> i've reached that point it's all in the right hand man it's all in that right hand with a pig tail. oh yeah yeah absolutely so as a final reflection on Mojo Skyline, what song for you personally would you recommend for folks to check out when the album is released to the world? Mm. I've got to go with Rolling. It's, mm. <laughs> it's, it's to me, it's just the fucking ep- most epic fucking badass fuck you to the world ever. <laughs> it's just like, it's just this big epic. I love it. I, yeah. I just love it. It's just... It's just a, it's a massive fucking journey, and it's yeah, I, I yeah, that's to me is the shit that one. Mm, it's one we were ironically playing just before yeah. we came on. So 
Cool. It's a V, isn't it? <laughs> now we'll go nice. on to like the final thing that I always like to ask everybody that comes on. Um, bit of a hypothetical one. If you could gig with one band from the past and one band from the present, who would they be? <laughs> I would love to play a show with ACDC around 75. Mm. Because if you just listen to them, if you listen to live recordings of DC around that time uh, and you hear the fucking groove on that band, (laughs) it's just unbelievable. It's so simple, but it's just like this band is just lightning hot. It's just it's so fucking unbelievable, you know. And I try to say this to my girlfriend every Friday fucking night, and she just doesn't understand. <laughs> I'm like, can you hear that, babe? Can you hear that groove? <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that's that. Um, a current band. Oh man, I mean, fuck. I, I would love to. I, I mean, I would love to do a show with Guns N' Roses. I mean, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Guns N' Roses, current band. Or do you mean like a new band? Well, you could... Why not? Let's throw in a new band as well. Let's go with a, a triple throw. Yeah, let's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you made it hard for yourself. <laughs> uh, no, I just... That sounds really bad, but I... I just, if I'm honest with you... I don't know, go for it. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of the bands that are being pushed out there hmm. at the moment... Um, I haven't really found anyone that really turns me on that much. Mm, interesting. To be honest, but yeah, we discussed this a lot, man. Because it's for a long time, particularly before I met Rye, I was very, pretty, I was similar to yourself, where I was very, I knew what I liked. I was very passionate about the bands that I liked from like late sixties, seventies, and and I struggled to find anything that could replicate that connection that I had with them bands or that excitement. You know, you you put it really well with DC. I mean, we're we're fucking very defensive of DC because I think that there's a stereotype with them that they're that there's this like parody band. Whereas if you go deep into like the like you say mid seventies, yeah, yeah, early it's all DC. about Bon Scott. Mm. Like no discredit to Johnson, mm. but like Bon Scott DC, where the fucking crowd are banging on the stage mm. and the fucking Angus is running around and like Bon Scott's voice is just so soulful as well and again like to say without running away with it like I struggled for a long time to find bands new bands that connect that connect that I had that connection with so I, I completely get it you're a bit more open minded aren't you Ryan I think you've brought yeah, a lot of that and, to me you know yeah I try and go with some new ones try and dig try and dig deep to find yeah. to find bands that are hitting that mark and, and trying to bring if them. I'm honest the bands that I find that are modern bands that I love <coughs> they're not really they're not rock and roll artists you know um <clears throat> i like i love i mean she's been around for a while now but i love uh florence welsh from florence and the machine i think she's fucking great you know laura marling <clears throat> um the folk artist the london uh, folk artist she's unbelievable songwriter i i it's weird when i'm <clears throat> because of the reason i i haven't really found a new rock band that makes me just go you know <laughs> bow before thee um i'm still doing that to highway to hell but um <laughs> but you know I, I find i get into i get into other stuff that makes me go wow that's incredible you know um <clears throat> i listen to a lot of female artists um because it helps my voice 
So I sing along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's not, not like Britney Spears and stuff. I don't sit there singing. <laughs> it's, it's all right, Joe. We're all friends, man. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't worry. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> that's the, that's Britney, the next cover. That's the next cover, right yeah. So Britney and Lou Reed are the main, the main, <laughs> the main ones at the top of the tube. And that's cool. So what we got? We got Guns N' Roses, Modern. Um, we'll have them as the classic, new band, classic DC. AC, DC. Yeah, and then opening the Dust Coder. I think that'd be a, that'd be an all solid, build, wouldn't it? Yeah, I I ain't gonna I ain't got any problems with that. <laughs> Brilliant. I right. tell you what though. Mm. Oh, sorry, have I got time to say one more thing? No, no, go right. for it. Got all the time I have to say, though, I have to say the last time I really fucking got my dick hard with a band, as in watching a band, <laughs> was... we'll, edit <laughs> it, we'll, edit, we'll edit it so it comes out Not the way Not sure it's where there. this evening's going. <laughs> you fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I swear to God, the last time I really just went, fuck yes was when the first time I saw Dax and Roxanne. Mm-hmm. We, 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 fucking good band. we played with them. I mean, we've played loads of shows with those guys over the years. They came in, they came on one of our tours, uh, I think two years ago. But <clears throat> when I first saw them, we we're in this tiny little fucking cavern of a place somewhere in East London. We were playing a gig with them. They were on their tour with some other band, but we were opening for them. This is fucking like seven six years ago long time ago and they were on tour and they were passing through london and we set up and then over and, and we played our gig and then put our shit in the van or whatever and, and we stood there and these kids came out and they were just like playing ticket to rock or whatever one of their massive tra- their awesome tracks are and i was just like fuck me these guys mean it and they're all so chummy with each other on stage and they're all just like hanging off each other and the just the fucking energy of that band. I was like looking at Mackie, just going like, it was just like, this is the shit. So yeah, that was the last time I saw a band like deep up close and personal and just was like, fuck yes. Rock and roll lives. Mm. See, man, it's difficult though. When you, I think when you're on the circuit and when you're gigging every week and stuff, you know, you, when you're a part of it, I think it's hard sometimes to, to have them moments as much because you get lost in the cycle of just drinking and fucking getting up the next day and then doing the next gig. Cause you're, as well, you, you're focused on your own fucking mo You know, you're focused on what you're giving that. No, I don't know about you, but I go, I go dead quiet and reserved at gigs. You know, I go a bit fucking, like you say, a bit like introverted, you know, and I think it's difficult then to take in the other bands you're gigging with. But I, I agree with Dax and Roxanne. You know, it's cool that you give the love. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, most of the time, I'm like, I can't be fucked watching the opening back or the band we're opening for. Or I'm like, I've got to protect my voice. I've got to be away from people and just so I don't have to chat to people. I don't want to be rude, you know, Um, because I've got to not talk because I want to look after this. And so I can't be like going around and not and not talking to people because that's rude. So I just tend to like, you know, fuck off backstage and just have a beer and try not to talk <laughs> so yeah i get it <laughs> yeah it's difficult when you're stuck in that thing but then again it's, it's all we want back at the minute isn't it mm. so i mean oh. that's it so massive thanks for john from the dust coder for chatting to us their brand new album mojo skyline is out on the 26th of march through ear Eight records if you don't already make sure you follow them on facebook youtube instagram club penguin tinder all the things <laughs> and share the love all the things <laughs> all the things thanks ever so much john it's been great chatting man yeah it's been cool thanks guys Take it easy. I enjoyed that, man. I'm pretty sure that is my exit 
from any interview into the reflection period by me going I enjoyed that man <laughs> but I did it was too, I mean he's a, he's a big character and he's a great character John like I felt like the interview was quite easy from our side because he was just naturally enthusiastic and wanted to talk and tell stories and have mm. that banter you know and I, I really that's the sort of thing that me and you really vibe off isn't it yeah you know I think um, yeah for me, for me personally it was a great interview like um, I think you know, just it gives that extra level. Um, I like the story you was talking about where we, where we talked about how how they made Jimmy two times. Mm. Um, got his guitar out. Yeah, he got his guitar got out. His guitar First out. person on the podcast to actually get a guitar. If anybody's out. listening that's coming Conference. up on the podcast, we really encourage you mm. take your guitar off the wall if you're doing <laughs> it in a room. And if not, go to another room and get your guitar off the wall. We don't mind. <laughs> That's the sort of content we want to see. Yeah, that. you know, it was, it was interesting. Um, I loved his uh, his stories about London, with it, where he kind of like was unsure about the hipsters, mm. and then they were actually like hipsters really loved into him, it. Well, maybe yeah. to the point now. John was saying that he's he's only ever worn black jeans and black shirt and black trousers <laughs> for like twelve years. Uh, maybe that'll become hipster. You maybe know, then, maybe then it's going to be difficult you know it might go full circle That's or it. we might see John start to dress like hips <laughs> that'd be amazing <laughs> and I, I mean you would take particular joy from taking the piss out of him <laughs> that. So if, if John's listening we'll enjoy taking the piss out of you 100% oh, absolutely um, yeah you know it's good vibes man good yeah. vibes it felt like I was after a gig yeah I'm pie, which is which is all you can ask for isn't it? yeah it's um, yeah what what more can we say? I mean, we say this every week, but great guy. Oh, fucking great guy. Awesome guy. You're fucking great guy, um, which, is, which is amazing we're saying that because he's actually an arsehole. <laughs> it's very good of us to say that. I mean, John will know this, you know, because he, he is the arsehole. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's like a bit of an inside joke. Um, but yeah, and I, like I say, if you, for people that have not checked out the band before, go and mm. check out the two singles that have come up from Ojo Skyline. Like we say, we've had the chance to have a, a listen to it before it's come out and we could not recommend it enough. Like, it's a killer album and we wouldn't say that mm. if we didn't if we didn't feel it you know we really wouldn't so please please give them a lot of support give them all the love and then when the album comes out you know make sure you do the same yeah you know out uh, 26th of March um, and I think the fact that they were confident enough to to let us hear the album that far in advance mm. is a display of like how how like great they think the album's going to be yeah, from, you know like, like they, they feel it's a really strong album believe in it um, yeah there's a lot of belief there um, and yeah you know it's uh, I, th- I I feel that a lot of people have got uh, reason to be excited cool right yes we'll see you next week yes we'll see you next week um, if you want to like our Facebook page uh, to find out who we have next on the uh, on the podcast um, like us and you'll find out who our next guest is on Wednesday yes yeah, so if you haven't already subscribe to our YouTube channel mm. click the bell so you never miss a video we're also on Instagram give us all the love hope you're all doing well and surviving good vibes only and we'll see you next week yes see you next week <laughs>